Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. It is Saturday, the 29th of January, 2022, and this is The Breakfast Show with myself and Kate Jones, our first ever dual breakfast show. Could be interesting. Just before we start, uh, I just want to give a shout out to our advertisers on the show today. That's with the Slack group, Renaissance and Nearpod and Collins Big Cat, and you can hear more from them later on in the show this morning. Let's get started. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Breakfast Show with me, Tom Rogers. And me, Kate Jones. Yes, and (laughs) we are dual hosting our first ever Teachers Talk Radio Saturday morning show. You have Zoe Enter one Saturday and myself the other. What a dream team that is for a Saturday morning. If I do play so myself. I hope you've got your breakfast cereal with you. Let's go. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TTRadio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good morning, Jones. How are you? Morning. You smashed that intro. Well done. <laughs> you always, you know what always puts me off though. You always laugh at my intros a lot. I'm sorry. Like, even when I'm doing a solo hosting thing, you, yeah, not just my intro. You're always just giggling at everyone's intros. Well, you know what you're I a do. Proper intro troll, actually. Proper I... intro troll. I script mine. I I script it and rehearse it because. Of course you do. Course you I, do. do you remember the first time I missed it and you said, "Why didn't you talk in the intro?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, am I meant to? Sorry." So ever since then, because it was I just d- silence for thirty-five seconds. Yeah. And I was like, "Are you going to say anything?" Yeah. That was awkward. But now, anyway, now I prepare and rehearse. And we did it today, but it was natural. And Well, that we was go. tough, wasn't it, for you? <laughs> uh, uh, I know it was a big thing for you to have to say, and me, Kate Jones. Yeah, but I did it. <laughs> so it's Difficult. all good. <laughs> so anyway, we, we, it's, been, it's been, well, has it been? A, I mean, I thought we should start with what have we been doing with our weeks, Jones? Yeah. Um, Shouldn't we? So, um, yeah. Yeah, do you want me uh, to go? And, and also, well, yeah, before I ask you that, um, we should clear things up that I will vary from calling Kate, Kate, KJ and Jonesy. And Kate told me that, you know, she prefers um, KJ to Jonesy, uh, which well, I find I, quite surprising. I do, because I don't like Jonesy. But <laughs> you and I, we're like Kate Fleming and Steve Arnott. We go, you're right, mate. <laughs> yeah, mate. I'm good, mate. How are you, mate? We do say mate a lot as well. So it might be yeah. worth listeners counting how often we say mate. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. We're just, as, we're just as, as morally good as both of them as well. Um, <laughs> so h- how's your week been? Has it been good? Have you done anything exciting? Yeah, yeah. You went to Worcester. I did for the first time. And um, I was at a conference um, with head teachers and senior leaders, all primary based, and spent the morning talking about retrieval practice, which I can just talk about for ages, as you know. Um, and also, I was a keynote speaker, might drop a few names, you know, as I do, uh, with John Tomset um, at another leadership conference. 
Um, and then I caught up with you, mate, last night at the Albert Dock. <laughs> so that was good. What a week. Uh, what an end to the week that is. What about you? Uh, I've been teaching. I've, I've just finished um, my little kind of stint of online teaching at my old school in Spain, which was, um, it was great, actually. The kids there were amazing. So it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I did, I've, I've done that from, I think, from 10th of December till, till yesterday. Uh, so it's been really busy because in addition to that, been planning uh teach me icons events we've got a science event coming up next month first face-to-face event since the start of 2020 um so that's that's a big one um and yeah what else um obviously a lot of teachers talk there's been like 30 teachers talk radio shows in the last week so i've been listening to a lot of those and uh yeah um focusing on that uh what else um that's about it Yo, no, that's not it. That's a busy, busy week. You, you're juggling. It has been a busy week. A lot I'll of be balls. Honest, I was, I was tired last night. I was, I was getting, and then obviously this morning, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up at six thirty, which I did. Not, but not on purpose. But I Just, did wake up at six thirty this morning. Well, I was very nervous. I wouldn't wake up this morning. But I did, and I'm here, and you didn't have to ring me in a panic, which was our backup plan, wasn't it? But <laughs> do you think we should say? Do you think we should say hello to some people who are joining us? Yeah, um, I could see lots of familiar names. I'm going to run through the, all the names as quick as I possibly can. Are you ready? Yeah, go for it. Um, Noam, Miss Saucia, Linda Doyle, TKFYSDPF, uh, Noam, Flora, Teach Fab Physics, Laura Roberts. Grant Luffman, Seema, Gerard, TSCW, Karen, Gail Glenn, Dorian, HB History, Lesson Copy, who, who, by the way, should be banned from Twitter for gifting and trolling me all week with stupid, stupid giffy crap that he loves to make. Well done, Nathan. Um, uh, who else have we got? Rentia. And now, is Lossentropy a play on Lesson Copy? Because somebody called <laughs> someone called Lossentropy has just joined, and I genuinely wonder whether because Nathan's been banned, he's now named himself Lossentropy. Lossentropy is actually trying to call in, and I'm a little bit reticent because oh, they've just joined, no. and their name is Lossentropy. Nathan, seriously, don't set up two accounts, mate. Just uh, own it. Own it. Yeah. Oh, we've got Khalil joining. Oh, we've got proper, like, lots of people from the Teacher Talk radio team. Oh, no, we've got Richard Crust. <laughs> right. For anyone who doesn't know who Richard Crust is, there was a show last night and a man oh. called Richard Crust rang up. And it's fair to say he was a little bit random. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know whether his real name is Richard Crust. That's very, <laughs> well, very debatable. What, his stage name? <laughs> like, uh... Yeah, something like that. I think the, the conversation with Tom Hopkins, but if you want to listen to... That was to a great Richard's, show. It was a good show last night, actually. Really good, um, yeah. Enjoy, enjoyed it a lot. And you know what, Kay? I, and this is classically symbolic of our friendship, is I am currently at a standing desk doing this with my PC, um, a, 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 a USB mic plugged in. Um, I've got up at 6.30 and I've, I, I'm here and whatever. And you are lying in bed to yeah. do the show in a hotel. In the Premier so, Inn. Nice and cosy. Yeah. Love and life. Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, 
You know what? Um, it, I, it is a pleasure to co-host. And it sounds like you've had a fun week. Mine's been, as I say, mine's been okay. Now, our little list of things which you sent, to, which we discussed last night and you sent to me yeah. as a little message. Yeah. That, just so everyone knows what the order of this show is. Um, and I, I call it order because really, you know, uh, our planning is is kind of back of the back of the beer mat, isn't it? I don't mean lesson planning, although <laughs> hey, sometimes hey, it is. Whoa, for me as well. whoa! Talk for yourself. I bought a notepad, Tom. Actually, you have. You've and been. I, you have been busy actually planning. I have written down the running order of the show. It's not on any beer mat, and I think we thought about this carefully, and <laughs> we talked about it. And I'm excited for it. So don't yes. downplay us. You know, come no. on. Okay, We're... fair enough. Well, the running order according to you is. Chit chat. So <laughs> oh, no, we're great. there. This, this is the informal list between you and me. You're not meant to read that bit oh, out. Right. Oh, right. Do you want me to read? No, my... I, you, you said the planning was thorough. So I, <laughs> yeah. I'm just highlighting that your <laughs> version of thorough is number one, chit Yeah, no, Brilliant. no. This is... That's evidence informed, if I ever saw it. So... This is what we're doing now is chit chat, but that's not on my list. Like, that's just, you know, just chatting. Like that shouldn't be read out loud. That shouldn't be. That was ah. private. Private, Tom. You need to know what things are for Sorry. for the for the airwaves. Uh, but go on okay, then. Do you want to rephrase it then? What what is this well, that we're doing now? If okay. It's not no, no, no. I'll I'll very quickly go through my official run and order for ah. the show today. Okay. Um, we will start off talking about teacher friendships and why chit chat. <laughs> why every teacher needs a teacher friend and also non-teacher friends. Then we're going to have a cognitive science debate. We've yeah, had... you're going to run off crying from this no. show and put down the phone and leave. No, we've had this many times privately. And I think even if we conclude where we agree to disagree, today has to be the day we draw a line under it, I think. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We like can't... a counselling session. No, we can't keep coming back to this and having the same argument time and time again. We, we so. Can. We're going to air it on Teachers Talk Radio. Then we're going to talk about international teaching, schools or countries we'd love to work at. Then we're going to recommend some shows. But, I don't know if you remember, Tom, we're going to start off with a game. Remember? Yeah, I do. I do. (laughs) And are you ready for this? God, if I must. Go on, explain it. Okay, then. So we came up with this at the Albert No, I, Dock. I came up with it and then you decided that I would have to do it and you wouldn't. I know. I was just, we had a practice and I was a bit nervous about some of the questions you were asking me. I was like, you cannot ask me that publicly, Tom, because that will end my career. So it's, would you ever, not have you ever, it's would you ever. And obviously this is Teachers Talk Radio, so we've got an education theme. And Tom, you have to answer just yes or no. And I'm going to come at you quite fast with them and answer as quickly as possible. So would you ever do something and you say yes or no? And I've got 20 questions, some that I think I know what you'll answer to, some I'm not sure. Have you got one that says, would you ever drink eight cans of Diet Coke in a day? No, the answer because... would be absolutely yes. No, that's obvious. I I know that, don't I? So, uh, right. But if you're ready, then Can I you will. Hear that? I will go for it. Have you got your coke? Too yeah. too early, mate. Too early for coke. I'm on the coffee. Right. Anyway, then. So, Tom Rogers, would you ever? We are going to begin. Would you ever teach geography? No. Would you ever teach in Dubai? 
quicker, quicker, quicker. No, you need to give me a bit of time. No, um, this is this is like quick response. No, it's got. It's like you know your instant reaction. Too early for this, right? To, teaching um, Dubai. I I think I know your answer. Teaching Dubai. Uh, no. Be a head teacher. <laughs> you mean be a good head teacher or be a head teacher? <laughs> I'd just become a head teacher. I, because, as in, I'd want to. Yeah, would you ever be a head teacher? So if it's something you think about, you oh, just say yes. God. But if I say if I say no at this point, then that then rules me out from ever doing it. No. Someone would pick up the recording of this during like a job interview and say, You said you never wanted to do it. And you say, <laughs> Well, okay, thanks for that, nerd alert, but um I've changed my mind. You know, I say at the moment I have no intentions of becoming a head teacher, but there's no reason to say I can't change uh... my mind. All right. Well, ask the question again. Would you ever be a head teacher? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Would you ever leave education? Yeah. Okay. Would you teach at the school that you went to as a student? Yes. Would you probably? Ever be, probably. Would you ever be ahead a year? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm struggling with that one. I know there's people here who are probably working in pastoral or listening back who probably work pastoral, so I have to be careful. Um, uh, no, I, I'm more, I'd go down the. I mean, I've been a head of department. I've yeah. never done the pastoral. I, I couldn't be bothered with. Oh, I've got some like. Uh, like, oh, yeah, I've got some snot in my nose. Oh, can you, can you wipe you... it out for me? I can't know. There's a no. book called Beyond Wiping Noses um, by Sputnik Steve. So, Is it evidence-informed? Yes, it is. <laughs> but anyway, I'll move no, on. Let's just check in, carry on. <laughs> Would you become an examiner? Uh, no, I get uh, bored. I've done that. I don't know if I'd recommend it. Did you enjoy it? it? Uh, it's good CPD, doing it one year maybe, but workload heavy, don't get a lot of money. Pros and cons. So I don't know. Um, I know the answer to this. I suppose. One, but... Did you did you do that while you were in Dubai? Because because you were no. probably short of money out there. So I understand <laughs> why you. <laughs> no, I did it in Wales, and yeah. uh, I did it for a few years. Actually, I don't know, maybe five years. Uh, I did. You know, I did it a lot, um, and it was just four hundred plus papers would arrive on the doorstep, and that's it. That's you know your free time gone. And history, and I'm not discrediting other subjects but there are other subjects that are easier to mark where there's shorter answers it's tick or cross Look, don't his... talk about maths on this show <laughs> no well anyway I'll tell don't you what, talk I'm... about maths teachers like that all right I'm you've not, got I'm you've not... got yeah keep it inclusive yeah I know. a lot of, a lot of I maths know. teachers buy your books so hey, just be careful I, with that. I'm a big fan of team maths I'm just saying history and English papers come with different challenges all right the next... challenges. so diplomatic <laughs> the... like Joe Biden, isn't it? we've got different <laughs> challenges in ukraine oh no i said try not to talk about ukraine yeah so but... we're not allowed to talk about global politics like, apologies apologies carry okay on, uh would you work for ofsted <laughs> no okay no, okay no. Would you work for the? Hey, how, do you think they'd employ me? That would, would possibly. Would that, we, need, possibly. we need to get someone. We need to get Amanda Spielman on here to oh. ask her. Would you ever employ Tom as a cleaner at Ofsted? 
Oh, well, uh, we'll come back to Amanda. She's one of my questions later. Uh, Go on, um, Would you work for the Department for Education? Uh, no, no. As in like a full-time job? As in like a job or just like if, if for example, if someone anything, said... Anything, absolutely anything. Would you ever work for the DFE? It's a bit of a dichotomy, isn't it? No, I if mean... Someone, I technically already have because I did a blog for Oak National Academy. Yeah, well, And they are go. kind of sponsored by the DFE, aren't they? Yeah. So, so te- but that was to help teachers. If someone said it was to help teachers in yeah. a particular way, okay, and I thought it would, then I probably would. Would I ever work for them? Would I ever... Would I ever make a promotional video for the Department of Education with, <laughs> with, with me kind of dancing and singing a song about how great teaching is? No, no, I wouldn't. Would I do a blog for a website that potentially helped teachers that was sponsored or supported by the DFE? Probably, yeah, probably I would. Okay, then. I, I right. think I've clarified that. These are difficult. You didn't even tell me these in advance. I know I didn't. And then thinking... you've gone, you've got 30 seconds to answer. <laughs> Put the pressure on, Tom. Um, the next one, though, would you write an edgy book? Yeah, if if I had the staying power to concentrate for more than five minutes on one thing at a time. Yes, no, I was. you're a brilliant writer, and I look forward to when you eventually write and publish a book um don't know when that will be but you know <laughs> i do think you should um would you ever be a history tour guide um yeah i'd love yeah, that yeah me too i'd love would, that me too i'd absolutely love to do that abroad or something like that or oh, even, be ace. a battlefield yeah. guide yeah world yeah. i'd be good at that as well yeah you you really would um would you ever go back to university um I would yeah I would yeah because I feel mm-hmm. like my first time round I was a bit lackadaisical I spent a lot of late mornings in bed and late nights going out and just generally didn't do anything yeah. uh and I feel like if I did had a second shot at it I'd definitely be more conscientious what? Tom, I think, I think so so many people can relate to that because of the age we were in university. I mean, mm. the age we're at, moving away from home for the first time, ex- I don't know, exploring. Yeah, but and- hang on, hang on, hang on. You know what's hilarious, right? I always speak to people like this and they go, oh, you know, like I wish I was a bit more, you know, conscientious when I was younger at school and uni. I'm like, what grades did you get? Straight A's, but, you know, it was difficult. Uh, you know, I was going out all the time and I was like, but you got straight A's, yeah. Right, got you. Okay, cool. Are you on about me and my A level results? Like? Uh, slightly, yeah. And, oh, and anyone else who I'm utterly <laughs> jealous of who managed to just say, "Oh yeah, I used to like go out a bit, and I used to just not be very mature." But you know, but I did get like sixteen A stars. It's like, oh right, okay then. Yeah, tough, tough times. Oh well, you know, happy memory. So actually, this links onto that. Would you ever do a PhD? Uh, They're very expensive, mind. PhD. But you'd be Dr. Rogers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. An evidence-informed approach to doctoring. Um, Well, would I do a PhD? Yeah, I would, but I'd I'd struggle massively, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I would. Yeah, but... I wouldn't. It wouldn't be something on the top of my list of do's. Okay. Would you ever become a politician? Yeah, hundred percent. 
Ah, okay. Would you ever interview, this is like Teacher Talk Radio, Michael Gove? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. Would you ever interview Teacher Talk Radio, Amanda Spielman? Yeah. Yeah. Would you ever interview Bill Gates? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we know that you... You know that you've already emailed Bill Gates repeatedly. I have, right. His private secretary has blocked you. Um, no, she because... hasn't. No, she hasn't. I just contacted him at a really difficult time in his life, which I was unaware of, which I, that's a failure on my part for not doing my research. But I reached out to Bill Gates, thought he'd be a great guest, got a response, didn't realise he was going through a divorce. So not now, okay? But you said you would. So maybe he'll come on the show for you. I'll pass on the details to you then from Bill. Um, my next question, would you ever delete Twitter? Uh, yeah, I would if it got to the point where it was literally just ruining my life. Yeah, I would. Okay, then. Would you? I, I see. I don't think you would. I, don't, I just see you love Twitter. If, if, it, if it got to the point where literally yeah. someone said, you've got to go to Guantanamo Bay if you don't delete it, then I probably would delete it, yeah. Right. So it's very unlikely that you'll delete Twitter. Um, would you ever live in Poland? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Love. Uh, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll see to you tomorrow. Yeah, Chris Mayo. Well, our friend, our mutual friend, lives out there. So love Poland so much. My last question for you. That's so random. Why are you asking if I'd live in Poland out of all the countries in the world? Because I'm going to talk about Poland later. Oh, uh, okay. I love Poland. As I said, our friend Chris, who we both love, Chris Mayo, he, I th we think he lives in Poland. <laughs> He's a bit off the grid sometimes. <laughs> but last time we heard of him, he lived in Poland. <laughs> so, that you know, that's, that's, that's reasons. He's lived in a lot of places. Too, he has. He's, he's very well-traveled. Um, my final set of questions, because obviously it's Teacher Talk Radio, my last question, would you ever buy, out of your own pocket, a class set of glue sticks? Yeah. Oh, I know. I probably have, but I don't know if I would now. Principal and all that and budgets, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, there yeah, we go. Dubai salaries, don't get that far. So <laughs> I get it, Kate. I get it. <laughs> Blue sticks are expensive, so I, I do understand that. Well, that was interesting. Uh, like some of the. <laughs> Stop it, mate. Uh, some, of the th <laughs> some of the things I thought I knew you'd say, and then some of them were, were like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So there you go. I've learned something new about you, probably. Ah, well, there you go. I mean, you, you, well, you haven't really, have you? You could, could have probably guessed the vast majority of those. And also some of them you did put me on the spot with because I hadn't read those questions in advance. I know, but that's what made it good. Oh, right. Thank God we've got that out of the way. What's next? Right. Uh, teacher friendships. And, um, because I, do you know why I thought we'd talk about this? Because um, I was chatting to my dad about you um, and our friendship, and he was saying mm. what a good friendship we have. And I said to him, "Well, there's just things that Tom understands that some of my other friends don't." And I said, "Working in education is one of them because you know, well, you know, I've got a lot of best friends. Hannah and Emma are my other best friends, and also everyone that you ever mention on the <laughs> is also your best friend for that tweet." Uh, yeah, I've got a lot of best friends, but uh, my best, best friends. Seema's laughing. Seema has texted in some laughing emojis at the revelation that every time you say best friend, it 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 usually is to pretty much anyone who in that moment you I, So Seema is on the Teacher Talk Radio team, HR director. I haven't met her yet, but I honestly think she's going to become my best friend. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so genuinely, but anyway, coming back to you, yeah, I just think there's things that other teachers, it, only a teacher can understand, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Um, and you need a friend. And actually, yeah, like wanting to quit your job every day. Well, the struggles <laughs> no, with teaching or the things that are great about teaching or why we are here Saturday morning talking about teaching. I think you need that. But I also Neela's think... nada, just talking <laughs> to teachers. Oh, bless him. Shout out to Phil Naylor. But I also think, Tom, we never worked in the same school. I also think you need a teacher friend in the school you, you work at you because they also get things within that specific context as well um and then i also think you need friends outside of teaching because when i'm with hannah she's hilarious and she's really supportive of me she bought love to teach my first book and but we don't talk about teaching she's yeah, not used a teacher. it as a doorstop <laughs> probably i don't mind but you know the thought was there yeah. so <laughs> i think that's what the sort of question we'd asked everyone do you have a teacher best friend and you know why is that so important to you because it's really important to me well, I, I feel I feel obligated now to say that you're my teacher best friend because literally you say on every single webinar you do that I'm your best friend. So I feel like if I didn't reciprocate that, then I'd be it would be awful of me. Didn't so someone you... text you and say, I'm watching a webinar and Kate Jones is talking about <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Some random person DM me saying Kate Jones is talking about you on a webinar and I'm like, oh, God, it was like five in the morning or something. It's like, oh, for God's sake, just, yeah. I bet, did she say I'm a best friend? Yes. Did yeah. she say anything else? No, just that. Yeah, but the thing is, Tom, we have met in real life. We're not just Twitter besties, you know. Mm. We we met, well, actually, bringing up Chris Mayo, our friend. Chris... <laughs> is this like a three? Why does Chris Mayo keep coming up? Like, what... I don't know, I miss him. What's he done to... to deserve this attention? I'm gonna have Can to we reach... ridicule him a bit? I'm going to have to reach out to him. But basically, Chris organised a teach me. Was it in Manchester? Yeah. So... Do you know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm gonna do? Because we are live. We're always live on Teachers Talk Radio. I'm going to text um, Chris Mayo and I'm going to tell him to call in. Um, presumably, he'll be asleep but yeah. we can we can we can try yeah so yeah we met at a teach me and then we stayed in touch i think we met up at another teach me and then you said and this is where teach me history icons came because we were sat in a teach me and we're two history teachers but we had to sit through a few presentations that weren't relevant to us like science and math sessions and you said why don't we do one that's just for history teachers and that's that we were on the team we worked together We've both gone off international. We've both come back to the UK. So, yeah, everyone needs a teacher friend. And do tell us in the Podbean chat about who your teacher friend is, whether that's someone in school, someone you've met through Twitter. I just think that's that's true. I keep thinking of in-betweeners, you know, that friend. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, Tom, are we still going to be friends because we're going to have the Cogside debate? We're not. We're not going to be friends after this, guaranteed. This is going to be a massive <sighs> fallout live. Great. Yeah. No, it won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. I mean, no. I'm going to say things that are going to really irritate you. I just know. And I'm going to leave a big pause to hear the irritation. Um, before that, we should we should listen to some news, shouldn't we? From yeah. Joe Fox. What do you think? Yeah, go for it. All right, then.
This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cats. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewonderlettersandsounds.org.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report in The Independent makes it clear that Ofqual's chief regulator believes that changes to the 2022 examinations will not advantage more able pupils. As a result of the disruption caused by the pandemic, pupils in England and those students sitting GCSE from English exam boards will be offered a choice of topics in some GCSE exams. In a speech to the Sixth Form Colleges Association conference earlier in January, Chief Regulator Joe Saxton said the release of advanced information on the kinds of topics pupils will see in their exams would not advantage higher ability pupils. This advanced information is due on February 7th and is being released to help students focus their revision to answer questions carrying more marks. It will not be provided for simpler one or two mark questions. In a statement, Ms Saxton said that she hoped that the advanced information will mean students who suffered the most disruption or those who are less able, may gain confidence to tackle elements of the paper that they might not previously had the confidence to try. 
In response to the comments, Jeff Barton, General Secretary of Askell, said, Many school leaders will have legitimate concerns about how the advance information about exam content has been put together and how helpful it is likely to be to their students. Radio One presenter Vic Hope has returned to a former school in Newcastle to open its new wellbeing centre. In a report on the ITV News website, it is described how Ms Hope opened the centre at Dame Allen's in Fenham by stating, it's been important to me in my work to raise awareness, destigmatize, and signpost resources dedicated to nurturing the psychological and emotional well-being of our young people. And I am so proud that the Dame Allens is clearly doing this work so well too. Ms Hope is a human rights activist and Amnesty International ambassador, and has spoken candidly about mental health in the past. The Snug at Dame Allens offers counseling, psychotherapy, and special educational needs support and provides a dedicated place where students feel safe, heard and understood. With mental health and well-being now a key focus for many schools, Ms Hope praised the efforts made by schools to support pupils in this way. The news website Monitor reports on lessons the continent of Africa can learn about investing in education. It states that the universal lesson is that countries can no longer ignore the unprecedented learning crisis facing the continent. The pandemic has revealed what the article describes as alarming inequalities in accessing inclusive and quality education. The issue was discussed by leaders at the Global Education Summit, co-hosted by Kenya and the UK in London last week. The continent is facing some harsh realities and the summit launched a drive to increase national budget allocations for education, with greater emphasis on improving learning outcomes. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio Weekend News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week we're going to take a look at teaching online. Marmite comes to mind when I think about teaching online. I actually like it, but it's my job and I'm surrounded by gadgets to assist me. A lot of teachers hate it. If you think about it, for 90% of the current population of teachers, delivering a lesson online is something they've not even been trained in. They signed up to be in the classroom with a group of pupils. I'm not going to go into the depths of the delivery platform. That's normally a choice that's already made for you by technology leaders in schools. I'm going to give you a couple of free tools that work in a browser, so don't need installing, and can be used for engagements in the classroom and easily adapted to use online. First up, we all love Kahoot. Did you know you can set a Kahoot to be self-paced rather than live? Simply click the Assign button, and you have an instant self-paced quiz for a homework, a starter, or a progress check. If you need to take it online, share the link, and off you go. If you use lots of YouTube clips and websites, check out Wakelet. Share collections of links in a meaningful way, for free. My favourite use for this is to group my YouTube clips for topics. Not only are they played back with less distractions, but I can share a group of links for revision or to flip a lesson. Again, if I have to teach online, one link can lead to many. Just remember to check your school's policy on using websites such as YouTube for online teaching. If you have access to devices in the classroom, why not try Mentimeter? Create interactive presentations, take votes or build word clouds from participants' answers to improve engagement, assess learning and inspire discussion. Or, if you love whiteboards, Boards, try whiteboard.fi. As a teacher, you can see all your class's whiteboards and answers, know who's interacting and who's not. You can even show a QR code for ease of joining. I could go on and on. 
The idea is to test these things out when you're with your class and there's no pressure. Then, should you need to teach online, you'll feel more comfortable, there'll be fewer issues, and most importantly, you'll see if pupils are engaging. I hope you consider bringing a bit of tech into your classroom. As always, please test things work in your setting before you use them. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech... This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. And good morning once again, and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio, if you're just joining us on the Saturday Breakfast Show with myself and Kate Jones, live from Liverpool, the UK. If you're listening internationally, welcome. If you're listening back as a podcast, welcome. If you are, I don't know, just texting in but not listening, maybe you're just following the text chat. Well, you're missing out. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Right, we are back. We are back. Tom. Um, you are getting slated in the comments. Have you read them? I, I may have read some of them, yeah. Oh, it's not a surprise, ju- though, is it? I get slated every day in comments. Can we just read them out for people who are <laughs> listening back to the show? So we've got Seema saying you're too slow. <laughs> Libby just saying no time. Um, we've got... look. Oh, Khalil's is the best. Tom, This Tom guy didn't read the rules. Far too slow. Libby saying this game is not your strength. Nathan's asking, is it quick fire? Tom Hopkins Burke, it's only 90 minutes. And then this one's my favourite from Khalil. You know those lessons when the do now ends up lasting the whole lesson? <laughs> <laughs> that is actually pretty spot on. And then actually we've got someone else saying Dr. President Rogers. So he's obviously a fan. Um, what, did, what did Loss and Sloppy say? Um, I don't know, actually. I, is that... Um, I'm just looking now. That's Nathan, lost and sloppy. Oh, uh, and then Karen did also say, yes, her sister and her best friend are teachers, plus her best friend is an ex-teacher. And who's Jeff and Margaret? Is that... <laughs> um, because Tom Hopkins Burke said that he's invited Jeff and Margaret to the show, but I don't know well, who that thanks. is. thanks. Good, good. Yeah, okay. Good. Well, so, everyone's yeah. welcome here. Yeah, everyone's Get welcome. Get Edith and Agatha as well as Jeff and Margaret. Edith, who trained us? Mm. No, no, Edith. We had the same, for people who don't know, we didn't train together, but we did have the same teacher trainer, didn't we? Edith and Abu Uswith. Yes, who was who was great and who, yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So she, yeah, she was great. She was really good, really experienced, really kind. That's what you need. Yep, good. Let's move on to our cog side debate, Kate. Right. Well, do you know what? I'm going to let you open the debate. Introduce it. Okay. Well, just tell 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 us what you think, and then I'll respond as best I can. Okay. Well, essentially, just to give you a little bit of historical context here to this, um, so we we've we've had some clashes before where I have suggested to Kate that. Um, so, for example, there was one particular one which I love. It's vintage. It's it's classic. <laughs> is where where I was saying I've always done um, retrieval practice, 
Um, so I, I said that I've always recapped. I've always, I've always recapped at the start of lessons. We were told to do that, and I've always done it. And then Kate said, and this is just a paraphrase of the conversation. Kate's like, yeah, but did you space out your, your recaps? And I'm like, well, yeah, I did do it regularly. She's like, did you though? And I'm like, I did. I genuinely did. So this is how it goes like this for about 20 minutes. I'm like, I genuinely did. And she's like, but did you though? Really? And I'm like, I did. I did recap nearly every single lesson in 2007, 2008. And this goes on and on. And then eventually she's like, yeah, but did you know how the brain worked? And I'm like, well, no, no, I didn't. Like, I didn't know about memory, right? So then I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not denying that there are positive things and new knowledge has come to light in things like retrieval practice and, and, and other areas, right? So I, this is not me saying that actually the cogsci movement is negative. This is me saying that there is a lot of stuff that have always been chief fundamentals of teaching that sometimes are repackaged as, and this is not retrieval practice, by the way, but there are some things that are repackaged as new or glossy or, or completely newfounded um, in terms of this, this, is, this is good teaching and we've only just worked it out. And then you get on the back of that people saying, oh, yeah, like, in the year 2000, all, all we were ever taught was like VAC and all we were ever taught was like card sorts and all we were ever taught is this and this and this. Um, yeah, true. But it didn't mean that the fundamentals weren't taught as well. It didn't mean that there, there weren't um, certain things that, that people understood were, were was good teaching. It's not like somewhere around 2014, there was this big thing where everyone's like, oh, all that stuff... We <laughs> Kate's texting. She can't get a word in. She's just said, I'm shaking my head. She's actually there. She could talk. She doesn't want to interrupt because she's feeling No, I'm listening. I'm um, listening. I'm going to let you get, <laughs> get it all out and then I'll respond. Go for it. Come on. Get your mouth over. <laughs> so there's this idea that in about 2015, everything just suddenly there was like this apocalypse of teaching and learning greatness where everyone went, oh, suddenly we've discovered the answer and now we need to, you know, everyone got evangelical about it. All I'm saying is I don't necessarily think that that, 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 and I'm going to say most, I'm definitely not going to say all, I'm going to say a, a proportion of, um, you know, newfound research informed, evidence informed practice is stuff that teach that many teachers have already done and done well. And that's my kind of argument. However, I'm ready to challenge. This is my final statement. However, that is not to say that it has not been wholly positive, that that more has been done to look at these fundamentals through that process. Are you done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I don't entirely disagree. Like, I disagree to a certain extent. So about some of the things that you're saying that we do now. I mean, I am ranting. I haven't scripted no, this. No, this is no. just me on a massive rant. I haven't scripted this either. However, and I want to caveat this by saying, I have always thought this. I still think that you're a brilliant teacher. You know, every year I use your Vimo Ava public videos in my lessons. So, no, no, <laughs> I'm just, it. yeah, well no, done. I'm just using that That's as an example. That's the best thing I've ever done. That's, no, that is symbolic no, of my I, quality. Every year I take a picture and go, time of year to mm -hmm. show your video again, Roger's history. 
But so I'm just saying this. That's, so what I'm about to say isn't me saying anything negative about you, okay? But I think it's very fair to say that I'm way more interested in cognitive science than you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I agree it, with that. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say that I've read a lot more about cognitive science than yes. you have. Yes. And for that reason, I think you and others underestimate the power and significance of cognitive science in education. And I'm going to give you a few examples as well of things that I think, let's just say 10 years ago, that teachers weren't doing and now do differently because of cognitive science. So the first one, and I still think it's one that some teachers do now, you see it in presentations. And if you just go on the TES resources, are PowerPoints that are overloaded with text. PowerPoint slides that have loads of information on them and the teacher, you know, puts the PowerPoint slide up, students are reading it, the teacher's reading it, the teacher's talking and this, I did this, so many other teachers have said they did this, I still see this when I watch presentations, when I look at resources and that's now I'm very mindful of working memory, the limitations, cognitive overload. So I design my PowerPoints, my slides, my resources completely different to how I did when I first started teaching. And I'd be really interested to know if anyone, please do, and maybe Tom, this is you or someone else on Podbean, if if you were aware of this, if you were aware of cognitive overload and the limitations of working memory and you designed your resources and PowerPoint slides that way because I didn't. And then another one, and this isn't as relevant to us, Tom, because we're history teachers. So our curriculum um, is, is, you know, is chronology plays a massive part in our curriculum, whether it's Key Stage 3 or GCSE topic. We like to do topics, in, you know, in chronological order and in, in different periods of time. However, other subjects like maths and English have really benefited from interleaving and interleaving for people who aren't aware of it or have heard of it. Interleaving is like a lot of cognitive science that is counterintuitive. So it's not something that feels quite natural. So for students, rereading their notes feels like the natural way to revise other than testing themselves. And when you're teaching, it feels natural to teach a block of content, finish it, move on to the next block. Whereas in, with interleaving, you mix up the order of topics within a subject, like the opposite of blocking. And then students can make links. That promotes space practice. There's lots of benefits to that and research about how positive it is. And I don't think teachers were doing that 10 years ago. I think, and I spoke to lots of maths teachers and they were blocking their curriculum and now they interleave. And then the thing with retrieval practice, yes, I think we probably all were doing a recap, but I think there was probably loads of students who when they got to an assessment could be asked a question on something they haven't been quizzed on, possibly for months. So let's say you're, you know, Tom, you're working through the Nazi Germany topic, it's 1918 to 1945. I think, like me, although I could be wrong, that you probably could uh, recap in last week and the week before. But when you're in, uh, you know, you got to 1933, are you going back to 1918? So then when they do an assessment, there's a question on there 
that they haven't revisited in class for a very, very long time because there's a massive difference between recapping and retrieval practice that's regular over time. So they're just, I mean, I could give more, I could talk about dual coding and the research and so on, but that's my main argument. Oh, sorry, someone said, please speak slowly. I'm going a bit fast. But that's, I get excited, don't I, with cognitive science. But that's my main argument, Tom, is that I think some people don't realise the impact cognitive science has had. And there are some ways, yes, you're probably right, that we're doing things that we were doing, but I think we could be doing it with a bit more better understanding. Oh, stop it. (laughs) Is that you putting the sound effect on? (laughs) I wasn't... That wasn't me. It was a crow outside my window. Oh, I thought, I thought it was like a tumbleweed sound effect. <laughs> I could hear the crow. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that, that's my argument. So what do what you, what you say to that? Well, um, well, I would say, okay, on point one about the PowerPoint, right, about the PowerPoint slides. Now, listen, I'm not saying that, and, and you know, this idea of dual coding and, and so on and so forth. I, as a, and this is genuine. And again, I know what you're going to say, but did you, Tom? Did you? I know what you're going to say. But when I was, if I imagine, you know, 10, 15 years ago, before anything about dual coding came into existence, would I have created a PowerPoint with huge swathes of size 12 times New Roman text on it yeah, but it doesn't even I'm have just... to be that much. You, you know, it'd be really good for you to have a look, if you can, dig back deep at one of your old resources. Or I might go through one of your old Rogers history stuff. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. And there's still... It doesn't have to be crap. Jones is going to tweet this later. I'm going to find gonna it. Troll me. I'm gonna going troll me. to find it. No, but there's probably... You know, even if it's not tons and tons of size yeah. 12, like you say, yeah. it's probably too much. But that's why I'm saying, that's why I'm saying it is positive to, yeah, to, to, is. to have this knowledge. I'm not denying that it's not positive to have the knowledge. I'm just saying that this idea that we've gone from one extreme to another, yeah, we've gone from, you know, everyone um, doing snowballs, one of my favorite activities. No, it's not. It's not really. It's not really. But we, we've gone from everyone doing snowball starters to everyone doing like a, a really kind of strict retrieval yeah, quiz. Actually, I'm saying that's not realistic. It hasn't no, gone from one no. extreme to the other. Tom, right, I can say this because we were both trained by Edith and she did tell us that the lesson had to start with an engaging starter and it didn't matter if it... <laughs> I don't know what that's for. If it didn't matter if it recapped last lesson. It hadn't, you know, I remember she came to observe me and I was teaching a lesson on castles and my starter activity was a word search with keywords linked to castles and she thought that was brilliant. And the the focus of the starter task was engagement and intention grabber. Now you read off, said you read other documents. But what was fo- that starter? What was that starter? What, what was it? What, what were you doing? What, what was it that she said was good? A word search. Okay, and did so the word search had keywords for that lesson in it. Yeah. And and did it did it on a pure engagement level? Did it get the students in that room engaged? But do you know what? 
that that's not the priority, Tom. No, no, no. It, I know, but I'm just asking you the question. Did did it? She yeah, but said, you know what? From observing right. it, this yeah. engaged the students. It got them. It got them engaged at the start, and she liked it. Yeah, but engagement so I'm is a, you, is, and I'm saying engagement is a poor proxy for learning, just because. I I, I agree, it's a poor proxy for learning, but this is where we we have. All right, let's just say someone, a student in my class, has highlighted the can word I, okay, drawbridge. Just, just before you carry on, can I just give a countdown until we fall out? Hang on. Ten, nine, eight, <laughs> seven, oh, six, mate. five, four, three, two. One. <laughs> right. No. Listen. Go on. Go on. The comment about the word search. Um. And by the way, Edith was brilliant, and this is you she know. Was. She was great. I loved her. She, yeah, she was great, and I was really pleased with that feedback at the time. But when I reflect on that now, and I've got students looking for the word drawbridge, and they probably don't know, even know what it means, and I didn't discuss it, and it was all about. And actually, the research from Daniel Willingham says that that if you're going to do an attention grabber, it shouldn't even be at the start of the lesson. They come to the lesson more focused and the focus drops in the middle of the lesson. And actually what would have been better to do was almost like if I wouldn't do a word search now probably, but almost later when they actually know what these key terms are and they know what they mean and if it was to practice spelling or something else like that. But what I'm saying is the focus has shifted the focus at the start was do a wacky attention grabber starter mm. and the focus has shifted now to recall information from long-term memory. But I would argue, you see, my argument with that would be is that by doing that, I, listen, I, you know, we can debate when the best time to do, let, let's say, you know, when the best time to do an, a, a so-called attention grabbing or engaging activity is. And I get that, you know, we can debate whether it be at the start, the middle or the end. And Willingham said, whatever William, William, sorry, Willingham has said in the middle or whatever. But my point is this, is let's say, for example, the word search did have a positive engagement score for the students. Let's say, yeah? Let's say that the word search had a higher engagement score than another activity that, was, that, was, that you would have chosen because it was more, in inverted commas, evidence-informed right? Or whatever, right? But let's say it had a higher engagement score, but it had a much lower learning uh, impact. So let's say, for example, a word search might have a 10% learning impact versus a, a, a more a better retrieval activity that had a 50 to 70% learning impact, but a lower engagement score, let's say, right? My argument would be that the, the, the word search still has a 10% look. You can't say they've learned nothing because they, they may identify the, 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 the correct spelling of keywords in the unit or whatever from doing the word search. So you, I, I couldn't argue that that had a 0% learning impact, the word search. I'd have to say that it had maybe a 10% learning impact or a 20% learning impact versus, say, if I did a, a, a really thorough quiz or, or something or maybe you know your retrieval challenge grid or something like that where it might have a much higher learning impact but my point is if it has a higher engagement score and this is an argument and i completely agree that people can come back and say no we should just be focusing on the learning score and we could we should completely disregard the engagement score for each activity but i am saying that i disagree with that i think 
that no. we should but, take into account both no. we should take into account yeah engagement but score. actually retrieval practice tasks can be engaging they can i'm, I'm not of denying course they that. can so why not yeah. do something that's instead of engaging but empty engaging but effective like by the engagement argument you might as well just say come on come on in and play angry birds or something that's got your attention <laughs> no but that's true isn't it tom and we really you know we've wasted talking so- of angry birds this is this is <laughs> Is that me? No, we've we've wasted time. Time is precious in lessons. So actually, why not focus? I'm not saying drop the engagement and the interest, but why not focus on effective strategies and tasks and make them engaging instead of something that is what you're saying ten percent. Well, actually, no. I want more than that. I want. No, no. To... I, agree. I, I agree. That's. I'm not talking about that as a philosophy for a whole lesson or sequence of lessons. I think I gave you the example when we when we talked about this the other day. Of imagine I've done a sequence of five. Let's say four lessons, right? And I do a ten minute. Ta- let's give the example of snowball. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on, I get it. Karen loves your comment. Karen, you can't encourage her. We haven't finished the argument yet. Wait till the end of the debate until you make positive comments about anything Jones has said. Yeah? Give me some encouragement here. I'm trying. All right? But let's say, for example, we've got like, I've, I've done a sequence of like four or five lessons. Okay? And in those four or five lessons, that four or five lesson sequence, 90% of the things that I've done have uh, would would meet the approval of the, the evidence-informed um, uh, lobby, let's say, okay? And and 90% of what I've done is in vogue with, with uh, oh, someone's mentioned Wordle as a, as a, as a not, I think Wordle could be, you see, I think Wordle could be a positive thing. So anyway, I'll come back to that. But let's say, for example, out of those four or five lessons, 5%, I did a, in inverted commas, wacky, activity with a 10% learning impact, but a 100% engagement score. And I did that for say 5% of those lessons. Now I am saying, wait, 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 wait. I am saying that I would argue that that 5%, less than 5% is, 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 is valid for the simple fact that if I feel that that, ha- that activity has a particularly high engagement score, I, and because it will then engage them for the following tasks. Right. I'm not saying no. that I'm not saying it would be the right thing to do, but I'm saying that I can understand why someone would. Okay, can I respond now? Yes. First of all, we can't measure things in ten percent engagement. Night, you know, we we don't measure things like that. No, no, uh, but we can say that what that we can mm, say that some tasks have a higher engagement score than others. Yeah, but the. <laughs> That also, there's so many variables with that as well. There are some students who are just engaged in the act of recalling and quizzing, and that is enough to hold their attention. Mm. So, when you're saying, "Why don't I have ninety percent of effective learning and ten percent of just non-relevant fun?" Well, you know what, school is meant to be holistic, and I get, I really do get the point that you're saying. But I would go for like. 100% of the lesson time on learning and it still can be fun and enjoyable yeah, but I'm but I never said and we said this at the beginning I never your word search is a great example the word search still has a 10% some kind of look they, they can still get some learning out of that 
We're not saying it's zero to 100. We're saying that there is still... Yeah, and I'm saying, but I could do something better than the word yeah, search. I, I agree. But so... if you think that in that moment, that particular activity, if you feel as a, as a professional, that has a, a, a really... The kids love it, basically. If you, if you think the kids love that activity and it lasts for five or ten okay, minutes, why I'll not do it? I'll give you another one then. I'll give you another one. You've just said the kids love it. David Didow's written a blog called, Oh, But The Kids Love It, right? And he has. I'll tweet it out. And wait, he, I can't wait. <laughs> he observed um, a lesson, um, and it was about the potato famine. And the starter activity was um, where the class had to find potatoes that were hidden around the classroom. So they're looking under tables, they're looking oh. in cupboards for potatoes, and they thought that this potato this potato treasure hunt was great fun. And then oh, what do you think we're learning about today? You've all been looking for potatoes, potato famine. Then in that lesson, they had to write about the potato famine and their answers were really weak and lack detail, lack knowledge. And on reflection, when he was given the feedback, he said, well, you know what? If you hadn't spent 10 minutes looking for potatoes, they could have actually been finding out useful information and her response or his response was oh but the kids loved it but the kids loved it at a cost at a cost of learning i agree with that but I'm, my activity isn't finding potatoes in a farm my activity well, uh, is finding word search is, yeah but i still don't think that that's snowball. that much better snowball are you saying there would be zero percent learning from snowball well, this is what I would call a snowball. What is it? You write a question on it, you crush it up, you chuck it across the class. I think it's yeah. bad for behavior management. I don't think it will take 30 seconds. I think some people will just take advantage of that. Um, and actually, to be honest, we something like that is actually the last thing you want to be doing at the start of a lesson. Because you, I would rather have them interested and focused but calm not throwing things around and or searching for potatoes or and again the words... yeah but this is do you not think that the whole that that whole searching for potatoes example is an it's, extreme example i would is. never i would never go oh do you know what i'm doing a lesson on like um i don't know i'm trying to think i've done now, stuff but... like that tom i have genuinely I'm doing done... a lesson on farming during world war Two. Oh, i'm gonna hide some cabbages around the room and tom... i'm gonna look for them it is an extreme version, but it's it's the same principle of the reason logic behind it. The logic behind it wasn't, I'm going to help my children in the class learn. It's, oh, well, they love it. Yeah, I've seen starter tasks that had nothing to do with the learning. And I remember this from a trainee watching a very experienced teacher. And I sort of asked, because I was just confused why she did that. She said, oh, you know, just to warm them up, excite them, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And it was just a waste of time a waste okay, of so, so nathan's actually asked a good question here he said what about trip he's texting and said what about trips abroad is that an efficient use of learning time compared to other options it can be it absolutely what's sitting on be. a bus well you're sitting on that's to travel isn't it it's if well you yeah could... but that can take a whole day of learning to go to france on the bus and the and the and the that's a whole day yeah, but the things that you would learn on a battlefield's trip, you know, and to actually see it and experience it, that's different. And that you can't really compare wasting time traveling, which is sort of necessary, mm -hmm. um, to wasting time in a lesson. You know, so I'm a big advocate for school trips, but it depends. I mean, the last school I worked at, they had school trips that were 
I think it's fair to say they weren't really educational and they would do them in half term. And it was a great opportunity to go with friends and teachers and have fun and learn skills and things like that. But they weren't, because they were non-educational, they weren't allowed to take place during term time. So it it is different. Um, I'm just saying that the way we plan our lessons and our priorities, you know, kids, oh, they'll love that. Well, do you know what they'll love? is doing really well in in their assessment and improving and progressing. But they can and- still but but my argument would be they can still do that with that 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 activity that lasts uh, a five slower minutes. Pace, a, a slower pace. So why Well this- slightly slower. I mean we're talking ten no. minutes. Yeah but five ten, minutes. All right, ten minutes every single lesson, you know, that adds up to a lot. Well, that, it, it does, I suppose. It, it, but I'm, as I said, in the sequence of, of four to five lessons. Yeah, but I taught five, RE right? and I saw them once a week. That 10 minutes mm. when I see a class once a week is really important. Mm. And I could be doing something that is still enjoyable and fun, a quizzes, mm. a kahoot, mm. and it's effective. So I don't know why we would bother with something ineffective just because it's fun when we can have something fun that is effective. I can't. I, I I can't really argue against that. I, I think all I'm saying is that that there, there may be particular activities that that have a particularly high engagement score in that teacher's opinion, um, and and they they still might learn something from doing those activities. Um, somebody, Miss Mrs. Sorcher, has actually um, <laughs> texted in and said, "What if there were hidden facts inside the cabbages or potatoes?" In in David Didow's wonderful example, would it would it be would that still be useless then if there were hidden facts inside of the right. or potatoes? Okay, let's just say I have a mantra, Tom, that you know for teachers and workload. It should be low effort for the teacher, <laughs> high impact on student learning. So what I don't but know what, what you, could... you could genetically. What if you could genetically no. modify? No, so if you, I've, I've done, I've done all this, and... Tom. I've done all these things. Craig Barton talks about when he did a maths task where they were looking at. Oh, fractions. I've done, I've done stuff like that. Yeah, no, yeah, like yeah. We've but all not, done stuff like but that. Not to the extent where I'll just say it's a lesson about potatoes. Let's bury some. No, potatoes but you know them. the other. Like, come other... on, that's extreme. There's another thing about um, cognitive science as well and about the different types of memories we form. And um, I'll give you this example then. So Craig Barton, math teacher, he's got a podcast, and he did a lesson about fractions where they were like cutting up a Swiss roll. And years later, he spoke to a student about it. And he thought that lesson, you know, they seemed to, it was messy and it was funny and then they ate the Swiss roll mm-hmm. and it was memorable. And the thing is, that's what we call an episodic memory. When you remember something because you remember where you were, how you were feeling, um, and it's got a bit of emotional connection. But actually, with teaching and learning, we need semantic memories, which is a memory about knowledge and information. So years later, when he asked that student about that lesson, they couldn't remember that it was about fractions. They could just remember the Swiss roll. And there's so many students who I know that I could meet now, and they will say to me, they remember these lessons. for, And it's lovely that they have these nice episodic memories. But actually, that's not what I was planning. I wanted them to learn something, and they didn't because the learning was distracted by the novelty. Yeah, and that's where on. we... If I, if I was to look back, though, at my school days, how many, how much lesson content do I now at the age of 36 actually remember right. as well, content i remember i might remember the lessons but you tell me how, how many lessons that you were taught in key stage three in school 
do you remember in terms of the content of those but all of us are like that and that's not because of the way the lessons were designed that's because of memory everything that you were taught and if you were taught it really well it is in your memory but the retrieval strength is low so if you had a bit of a refresher be only because how many years have passed 20 years have passed so of course we can't just remember it from now instantly doesn't mean the teacher was rubbish it's because you haven't recalled it in 20 years but if you saw a textbook or you saw you know something from back then it would come back to you quite quickly it wouldn't be like learning it from scratch because storage strength is there but again this is things that I didn't know before cognitive science and I think when people say and you don't say this Tom but other people say I've learned nothing new from cognitive science no I've never that's, said that because, no you've never said that but some do true. I have so- learned I have learned and you are right that I have not read like if I was to dedicate as as much time as you have into it then I'm sure I would learn even more than I already have. I know the fundamentals of 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 you know um, kind of cognitive science. I know I know you know cognitive load theory. I know what that is. Dual coding, um, retrieval practice. I know all of these things. I know what all these things are. I'm sure that if I invested more time in, I I think I would learn even more. Um, and and I've never suggested that there, there is yeah. nothing to learn from it because I think there's a huge amount. And and actually a lot. And, it's all positive, actually. I mean, there's nothing in it that I that I think is negative. I don't agree when people are like, oh, this is, you know, people might say, well, this is in a negative sense. They might say this is negative to know this or to or to or to facilitate this within lessons. I would never argue that um, at all. No, but some people do. Some people say that, you know, oh, this is nothing new. I've been doing this, you know, for 20 years. And but that's in terms of activities, though. That's that's where I would argue there's a difference between the, the philosophies and, and learning more about it. You, you know, like I said to you, recap. You, you know, we, we heard that word a million times, always recap learning, right? When in 2006, seven, when I was training, I would always hear them say, I mean, in fact, doing that starter and doing that recap starter and doing a recap of prior learning was absolutely fundamental then. So, so this is why I'm saying that yes, I agree. There are there are there is lots of new things to learn and understand that have come to light because of the cogside movement. But equally, we shouldn't pretend that it's all new. That that those fundamentals of good teaching have always been there. But that's, that's my argument. And that, my argument is that I don't think that's entirely yeah. true. Um, yeah. I And I'm mainly basing that on how I used to teach and how I teach now. And it's very, very different. And the way I think about planning, the way I deliver a lesson, um, I just do things completely differently. My priorities have changed. The focus has shifted. Um and I, I think, but that, but that might be that might be you, but not someone else. You know, so, someone else may. Look yeah, at and it perhaps that is because you know, um, as I said, I think. I but that's not sh- denying that. That's not denying that that there are things. Where, well, I look back. I look back, and I, I think, yeah, you know what? Like, I, I wouldn't do that now, or at least I would, I would. Um, like, I remember when I was over in Spain. This was only like, well, maybe four years ago now, um, five years ago, something like that. When I so it was a lesson on um, it was a lesson on medieval towns, and I had the students designing their, their medieval town. So like they actually made it. So they had like you know the the uh, the different kind of features of the medieval town on this like model, right? And um, 
you know, they, they, they loved it. And we did like a judging thing at the end and, you know, whatever. Right. Now, now really, I could have covered that. That, that, that. I could have covered the makeup of the medieval town in 30 minutes, whereas that took maybe two hours, say, or hour and a half, two hours to do that activity and, and, and do it that way. And I probably could have covered the same content in a different way, quicker, or even if I'd have done it in a different way, quicker, maybe the learning would have been more secure if I'd have done it that way, right? But again, I guess my argument was that, that they the, the students were going to really enjoy that. It, and and I get I get the David Didow argument of hiding the potatoes. I get it. I get it all day long. I understand. But I'm just saying, if we measure every activity we do like that, we 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 for me we're in danger of kind of squeezing out any any sense of kind of um, originality, innovation, fun, um, no. kind of just that. No. That's my argument. That's my well, argument. do you know what I think? You, but I am, but I I agree. I you know I've always had that that progress that that more progressive streak. I guess. But the my... thing is, I mean, I. Yeah. The Retrieval Practice Resource Guide has over 50 retrieval practice ideas, which mm, I consider mm. to be fun and enjoyable yeah. and engaging yeah. for all. I'm sure they are. And, I, I, and I, I, I think you sort of have this distinction between something that is fun no, and engaging no. and evidence-informed. Because no, not ca- at all. No, why again, why not point. go for something that is both? Why go, well, I'm going to do, do it. I do, I do, I do. So I've just said four out of every five lessons. But why not have five? A... Why not have five out of five lessons? Because, Everything... because I like variety. I like to... Yeah, I like, I like to, variety. You could still I have... like to do something... I like to sometimes do something a bit outside the box, as you would describe wacky. I get that. I get, not everyone's going to agree with that. Not everyone's going to like that approach. But that's just... It's like saying, all right, you're in... Let's say it's football, yeah? Let's say you're a Premier League team. And you're doing training every week, Monday to Friday. And then on the Friday, they say, oh, do you know what? We're going to play. Like, I've seen, I saw the England cricket team do this. The England cricket team were playing a game of football, right? With um, with a, a sack of, uh, I can't remember what it was, but they were kicking it around. The cricket team, yeah? They were kicking, yeah? In cricket, you never have to kick a, a, um, a ball around. You just don't, right? So they're playing this cricket. They're playing this game of football. And they're loving it. They're having fun. It's great. It's fun. It's bringing them together. It's whatever. So there's a lot more dimensions to it to me than, than just as simple as, okay, what's the learning impact of this resource? And, and that's not to say that I would do every single day, I would play that game of football, right? Um, Charlie is texting saying, you've said hide the potato so many times. <laughs> it sounds like a mu- euphemism for something rude. Charlie, we would never say anything rude on this show. <laughs> this is me and Kate Jones. We are the we are the we are the the moral force that guides Teachers Talk Radio forward. No, and that is an extreme example, but lots of things. But again, that was sort of common practice. That was praised as outstanding. In Daisy Christodoulou's book, The Seven Myths of Education, and reading the previous Ofsted reports where there was no reference to cognitive science and the focus was all about, you know, teacher talk being limited and loads of things like that. I mean, I I could describe um, a lesson from years ago, probably look at a lesson plan and it had to be, you know, I remember when I was a training and teacher and I had to plan every five minutes of that lesson. So there's no room to be responsive because you have to stick to the lesson plan. Mm. So I actually do think teaching has radically changed whilst some elements have stayed the same i do think that this my 
all right then my closing argument then like your closing argument my closing argument is that i think people underestimate cognitive science and i often think it's the people who perhaps and i get why people haven't read as much as i have i was writing a book so it's my research and there's way more to education than cognitive science you might be interested in behavior pastoral feedback literacy but i do think when you have this really in-depth knowledge and I could still learn a lot more. But when you have this in-depth knowledge of cognitive science, then you realize, as I've said, how powerful and significant it can be. I, I can't disagree with I I struggle to disagree with anything you've just said in your closing argument. Um, so, yeah, that's it. We, we're still alive. We're still friends. We, we still, we you know, made it. we're still talking just about. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'll be back in two minutes after this, these few short messages to discuss the international countries that we would most like to work in that yeah. we haven't yet. Stay tuned. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Are you looking to take your phonics practice forward? Then Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised is the programme for you. Created by two schools with an excellent track record in phonics, Little Wondle Letters and Sounds Revised will help all children become readers and ensure no child is left behind. The programme offers complete support for your phonics teaching, alongside classroom resources and fully decodable readers from Collins Big Cat. To find out more, follow at Letters Sounds on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram or join a free briefing by visiting littlewondlelettersandsounds.org.uk. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future that's it we're back uh thanks everybody uh, for tuning in so far to the breakfast show with myself and the 
enigmatic and wonderful Kate Jones this morning. Um, <clears throat> we've had a lot of people listening, so thanks everybody yeah. for waking up and getting involved in the chat. And so far, we've and if you if you've missed it, if you've just joined, like R K K I G P Y S has, then you can listen back. Don't worry, because we'll be publishing this as a podcast shortly after we finish. Now, before we move on to our final little segment, I was going to mention that Emma, who was on after us, straight after us at 11, is also talking about the debate around stuff that we've always done type thing versus, no, these are new developments. Um, so that that will be interesting. That's at yeah, 11 o'clock with, with, with Emma. So it's kind of continuing the theme that we've, we've kind of been debating here, which will be which will be fun. So make sure you stick around for that. If you're doing nothing this morning, then yeah, do nothing with us. Do nothing with Teachers Talk Radio. Um, so yeah, uh, Kate, we we've taught we've finished our um, cog site extravaganza. Yeah. Uh, and this is kind of a quick fire bit, isn't it? This bit yeah. now. Yeah, because um, got much time. Is, yeah. So I'm going to ask you your three countries in the world that you would like to work in that you haven't. Yeah, I think that's quite easy for me, actually. Thailand, Italy, Poland. Oh, now give us a quick rundown of why for each one. Thailand, loads of great British curriculum schools. Um, Also, I spent a month there and it's beautiful and the beaches and so on. Poland, I loved when I went there. Um, That's why I mentioned it before earlier on in the show. Uh, so much history, absolutely gorgeous country. And I worked a lot with Polish teachers. Like, it's really surprised me how much um, they've been interested in retrieval practice and so on. And Pearson, Poland, I've worked a lot with. And then Italy, well, I just love Italy. I love the food. I love the, just all the cities. I've explored Italy. And probably to work with Freya Rodell as well. <laughs> <laughs> She's my hero. So that's that. What about you? Three countries. All right. So I would go for, um, and and I'm I'm giving a, like a two here. Two countries that I I'm they're they're near each other kind of. So I'm kind of rolling them into one. But um, like Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, that kind of those kind of um, that area. I would I would love to go there. But I I do love Eastern Europe. I love the the kind of. Um, uh, outside the box places that people don't think oh yeah you know what like australia yeah like i know we've got some massive australia fans listening probably who are like oh yeah and australia new zealand but i'm saying like there's more to life than australia and new zealand um and i feel like estonia latvia lithuania would be up there i would say that uh tanzania obviously i went to tanzania when i was 21 and again when i was 23 24 and love tanzania i think it would be really interesting to teach there in a kind of in a professional context um i think that would be super interesting and the third one i've written down as a kind of a again i don't know if i'd like to now but but certainly it's somewhere that you know somewhere like saint petersburg would be russia yeah yeah i think i would really enjoy uh that i think i would find that really really interesting so i've given like three there that for me are like if i want if none I'm not saying they would be like the easy life options, if you see what I mean. They, to me, would be like the interesting options. Yeah. If, I was, if I was going along the lines of where would I love to go that was almost like a teaching holiday, it would probably be Greece or Italy or Spain again. Or, or yeah, I'd probably go there um, if, it was, if I was looking. But if I'm looking for like more adventure and more like something to really spark my interest and challenge me, then I'd probably choose those three. Well, like we've said, we've had this chat a few times. 
um thailand i mean i'd love to go but it's really quite far away when you were in spain mm, you exactly. went too far was the uae was closer yeah. than thailand but still quite far then the uae had fantastic packages and money yeah. but actually i'd much rather the culture and the lifestyle of italy but you still so, didn't have enough money to buy glue sticks no <laughs> i'm just tight <laughs> like that so um and then so you know what else um something else we said we'd do and i'm just realizing the time is oh, it doesn't we, matter we've still got time we've, we've got seven we minutes got- we can fit this in we, we can easily fit this in Okay, then. Well, and you know who you should speak to? Does he reply to you? I'm sure Chris Bale worked in Russia, didn't he? Chris Mayo has worked in pretty much every country Egypt. in the world. He's worked he's, in Egypt. He's worked for each country in the world for like a month. Um, remarkable man. Um, yeah. Egypt, Spain, Poland, Russia. Yeah. Probably others. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's countries that I love and places I love. I love the Maldives, but it's not somewhere. They, I went to a school in the Maldives, but it's not somewhere I would want to live yeah, and work. Yeah. So there's, and I love New York, but that's not somewhere mm. I want to live or work. So it, it is, it is really difficult, actually. I mean, I went on holiday to Dubai before I moved out there, but holiday and living there mm. are just completely mm. different. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot to think about, but yeah, I love the thought of maybe one day thinking, right, I want to go international again, and the world is my oyster. Mm. You know, that's just so yeah, so exciting, do I. Isn't it, it? That's that that feeling of excitement you can't beat it. Like you I can't know. beat it. Of just oh my god, I'm I'm leaving this place and I'm going to somewhere completely different, loads of different people, different culture, different. You know, yeah, it's just you can't beat it. I know. And I mean, I might not ever go international again, but I might. And something that I would say to people is they often think international teaching is just great for single people. No, it's great for families. Mm, so definitely. many families go out there and they get packages where their children have free child places, accommodation for their family, mm. flights mm. for their family. So it's just, it's wonderful for families as well. But it depends. I've got friends who have uh, had children whilst teaching internationally. Yeah. But then they really miss not having their parents and grandparents and that family support around them when they've got a little baby. So I know other families who've gone when their children are a little bit older and other families who've said, well, our kids are about to do GCSEs A-levels. We're going to go back to the UK now. So honestly, anyone could go teach internationally and it's just it's amazing. Yeah. Well, well, do you know what? In a future show, we will go into that in much more detail. We'll we'll do... We'll you have some my book. You have a case study in the teaching life about um, the teaching life. A book I co-authored you... with, <laughs> with Robin McPherson has a whole chapter on international teaching. It was so a revelation I... to me that I was in it. It was it was wonderful to find that out last night. Yeah. So for listeners, basically, I asked Tom to write a case study, and we had a Google Doc folder of case studies, and Tom started it, and Robin. Uh, was writing that chapter. Oh, no, you, I think you said, "Oh, don't worry about it, mate. Like, don't worry." This was like, yeah. this was like twenty-four <laughs> months ago. Now you were like, "Don't, don't worry about it." Like, Next thing, last night. By the way, this is classic. She's like, "By the way," in the middle of a conversation, you are in a book that I've done. Um, there is a quote from you in the book. There's quite a, a case study actually from you, and I'm like, "What case study?" I don't remember writing anything. But it was good. It was. I'm going to sue John Cat. No, because then I'm that might really. come back at me. So. Yeah, no, I won't do that. I won't do that. Yeah. I don't have the money to do that. Don't worry. No, so, but it's a good case study. They've got better lawyers than me. 
probably. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, right, do you want to finish with our recommended shows? Because there's been a lot of shows this week on Teachers yeah. Talk Radio, and I feel what? like we should finish off with what. So, what's your, so we're going to choose this little feature that we're going to do right at the end of the show is uh, our, our favourite show of the week that we would recommend people go back and have a listen. So there's been a ton of great shows, by the way, but we can only choose one. So, uh, Kate Jones. Yeah, well, I really, I really enjoyed Tom Hopkins' book show last night, but mm. I'd already decided the show I was going to recommend, and it was her first show, and it was the Late Late Show uh, Thursday night with mm. Maria O'Neill, at Maria O'Neill on Twitter. And it was just really interesting. So it was about well-being, and actually, Tom, you, you would really like this episode. Um, and her guest, Andrew Cowley, they were fantastic. And they were talking about things that aren't well-being, that are dressed up as well-being, and giving examples of what well-being can actually mean. And they were talking about what's happening at the moment with so many absences with COVID, staff absences and schools not being able to cope and how some staff are losing their PPA time or teaching double-sized classes and the impact that is having on their workload and therefore their well-being. So there was just lots of really interesting points. It was also about student well-being and also some very topical points as well as sort of suggestions and it's made me want to um, read Andrew's book as well. So for Maria's first show, I just thought she was amazing. So that was The Late Late Show with Maria O'Neill for Jenny Who's Asked and you can listen back to that now. Yeah, it's on the website. Just go to ttradio.org forward slash listen back. You can listen back to any show. That was Thursday night, 10 p.m., uh, with Maria O'Neill. So, yeah, Maria will be on every week at 10 p.m. on a Thursday. So you can listen live or you can listen back. My show that I'm picking is Lucy's show, actually, from I think it was Tuesday, the Twilight show on Tuesday at 6 p.m., where she had one of her old PGCE buddies on there talking about her journey into the police force from teaching. I thought that was very interesting to hear somebody who who got into teaching and then decided to leave and go into the police. Um, it was It was interesting to hear that that journey um so i highly recommend checking that out from from thursday night um really good chat between them both obviously the fact they they knew each other i think added something to it as well so yeah it was really really cool show um i've been to be honest there has been genuinely a ton of of really good shows um this week i know we, we should give a shout as well because you mentioned about freya freya was a guest this week that was a really good show with ollie midweek so yeah, there's been a lot. There's been like, yeah, you know, just go to the website. There's a ton of them, and also on our homepage, we've got featured shows, so you can you can check those out as well. Um, Kate, we've run out of time. Um, yeah. I can't believe we've run out of time. It's been oh. ninety minutes, and it's literally gone like like a flash. Um, yeah, we're gonna meet up because I'm in Liverpool, so we'll see. I'll see you later for a coffee. Yeah, we've got a plan. We've got to plan the next show. We, yeah. We'll be back in two weeks, by the way. Zoe Enter will be on next Saturday at this time. But we we'll, we are on every other Saturday. And so our I'm next show back Monday. Uh, and when are you're you... back Monday, you're mm-hmm. on Monday. I'm on Monday actually as well. Monday night, eight pm. You're on at six pm. So we're, we're both on a Monday night. But uh, this show will return in two weeks on Saturday. Wow. So brilliant. We'll uh, we'll see you next time, everyone. And uh, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, take care. Thank you. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org.
We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.